1: another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and these are my very favorite episodes. They're the GSU ENI radio episodes. And today on the show, we have Amir Helmi, and he is with Health Appy Tech LLC. Welcome, Amir.
0: Thank you, Lee. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Health Appy Tech. How are you serving folks?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We are a health tech company. We, produce, we make software. Specifically, our mission is to create software that helps families with neurological diseases or families with an individual with neurological diseases. More specifically right now, we are focused on the epilepsy community. So we develop family-centered software that helps epilepsy families, you know, live safely and get peace of mind by managing their loved one's epilepsy effectively.
1: So what was the genesis of the idea? How did you get started in this kind of direction?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm now graduated from college, but the story actually goes way back to when I was in high school. And I had a classmate who had epilepsy. And I could see how they were trying to how they struggled to, you know, stay safe and manage their epilepsy on a day to day basis with their family. And when the science fair rolled around for for the um, high school, I, I, you know, was into programming at the time, you know, just basic mobile apps like car racing games, things of that nature. So I knew how to use the sensors in the phone, and I started doing research with individuals at the University of Florida, where, where I went, like I went to high school in Florida, into using a smartphone to detect seizures, and that research continued um, into my college years when I moved to Atlanta, and I ended up we're now taking that research, you know, that was on seizure detection, mobile algorithms for for epilepsy safety and making it commercial through this EpiPal family platform.
1: So was that the first time that people had used their phone as a way to even detect that a seizure was happening?
0: So there is a quite a few, you know, there's been a lot of research on seizure detection actually. However, most of the the research that is done involves, you know, specific devices, um, you know, custom wearables and So those can be, you know, like a very common one is the Empatica Embrace Watch. Those are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and um, they also require a really expensive monthly subscription. And their accuracy is, you know, kind of very, it varies depending on the individual with epilepsy, if it works for them or not. And so by being a software-only solution, you know, we actually wanted to purposefully stay away from any hardware so that we could also, you know, provide something that's affordable and accessible to many individuals in the epilepsy community. Also, specifically, families that are in underrepresented communities that have a loved one living with epilepsy. Sometimes they can't afford um, those very expensive, you know, monitoring devices. So we are we were the first ones to develop a mobile algorithm for seizure detection software only using a phone or ubiquitous smartwatch. And we've continued to refine it throughout the years.
1: So you're kind of leaning on the technology and the accelerometer of the phone?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, over the years, even just doing research in this space, we've seen everyday smartphones and everyday wearable devices become more and more capable. So, you know, back in back when, I fir- when we first started this research, we were just using the accelerometer sensor in the phone. And then, you know, then we added the gyroscope. And now you can start also incorporating other modalities like heart rate from an everyday wearable smartwatch, if someone has that. And then also you can look at different, there's activity recognition APIs that, you know, Google and Apple have come up with. So you can put them in sequences alongside these accelerometer readings and these other sensor readings like heart rate readings and have a pretty good algorithm at, you know, trying to classify whether this is an emergency event with high probability or not. So, Yes, originally it was just an accelerometer sensor in the phone, and that's like the, the core of the algorithm. But we also added other modalities through our iterations.
1: And so it's relying primarily on the phone or the watch device. Does it also like kind of pair, like if they have a Fitbit or a Whoop or one of those more robust kind of fitness trackers?
0: Uh, right now, we don't have the capability. Like we we haven't, you know, we're not compatible with those devices that you mentioned. It's, you know, the everyday, the Wear OS for Google. And then now we're developing also the iOS and the Apple Watch version as well. But I think a lot of these devices are going to be on similar operating systems soon. So we should be able to be compatible with them. But yeah, it does depend. Like either the phone has to be on you or your watch has to be on your wrist or both. The algorithm will work in terms of detecting a dangerous epilepsy event.
1: Now, what stage are you at right now? Do you, is this out in the wild yet? Do you have beta folks testing yes. this?
0: So what's interesting is we actually took the algorithm that I've been discussing for a while now, and we put it in an application that we put live on the Google Play Store. It's called EpiPal, and it's a patient-facing version of the application. So individuals with epilepsy would download it, uh, we would t- detect their seizures, help them you know, have a digital journal for their events, which is really important when they... Um, go to see their care provider, doctor for improved treatment. We would help them with their medications, give them analytics, all these kinds of things. And that application got actually over 10,000 downloads. And it's rated over four stars on the Google Play Store. And it's been there for a year or so. But one thing that's very interesting that we realized in you know talking to a lot of our customers, our users um, of the application and going to different epilepsy events and talking to families is we realized that epilepsy safety and management is, you know, we kept coming back to this this realization that epilepsy safety and management is really a family effort in many, many cases. So we wanted to really like approach the problem the correct way. And so right now we're actually kind of rehashing what EpiPal is and we're taking it down from the Google Play Store and we're doing something new, which is a family facing platform for individuals that are familiar with Life360 that's kind of like a similar analogous you know the structure of our application that we're putting out now that we've realized that epilepsy management and safety is the mo- is most effective like when the family is all working together and is collaborative we're onboarding families into our new platform in digital family circles so a lot of the features from our previous application that was live will carry over, but the stage we're at now is we're developing, we're pivoting slightly, pivoting based on our you know extensive experience in this field, actually launching a reasonably successful product, getting feedback, and then now we're pivoting to what we believe is an even better solution for this community. So n- that is is still in the development and beta testing stage right now. Hopefully, it'll be live within a month. Now, the the family th- platform.
1: The family platform. So. Um, if I have epilepsy, I have the app on my phone. I'm having a seizure. Is it something where now that's also notifying my circle?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a couple of benefits from like having you know this family circle, digital family circle onboarded. So let's say like you're an individual in high school, like my old classmate who has epilepsy. And, you know, your family, yes, of course, like if there's a if the seizure is detected, your family will be notified. Not only that, based on the cycles and patterns of a individuals, particularly particular epilepsy, we can also predict seizures a little bit beforehand with some new research that's come out. Um, you know, we can kind of raise like a yellow or orange flag if, you know, certain indicators match up for for a potential seizure that's going to happen. So there's prediction and detection. And then there's other safety features as well that, you know, aren't family involved. So a family can passively, if an individual with epilepsy allows for it, you know, they can passively check on or monitor the the individual with epilepsy without bothering them with a passive check-in. And also... Every day, you know, management becomes collaborative with the family platform. So there's a shared journal, you know, which is really, really important when it comes to epilepsy, sharing a a regular journal of what's happening, how you're feeling, your medications, your auras before a seizure, your epilepsy events um, with your doctor that has become collaborative. So a patient with epilepsy can input their information, but also that information can be supplemented from those closest to them that really have, you know, a sharp eye on what's happening with their loved ones epilepsy, they can supplement information, they can take videos of seizures and upload it as well. The thing with epilepsy is oftentimes during seizure events, um, because it's a brain related, you know, disease, is individuals will forget exactly what happened or how long an epilepsy event lasted, or if they took their medication or not, um, they can be very hazy coming out of a, a se- like after a seizure, the state after a seizure. So, um, you know, Having a platform that gently reminds the family to input really important information helps put all the pieces of the puzzle together later when like a shared journal is shared with a doctor, for instance. Medications has also become a collaborative family thing where family can remind gently or monitor, you know, from a distance the medication adherence over time. So if, you know, there's an adolescent with epilepsy who is slowly gaining their independence and living a free life, the family can have the peace of mind you know, as they monitor the manage and manage help manage the epilepsy from a distance digitally, and also they have all those safety features, um, so they know if an emergency uh, event seizure event is going to happen beforehand or during a seizure event, and then also their loved one can have the independence that they need and want um, while also staying safe.
1: Now, do you have any advice for other founders? It's a it's fantastic that you've gotten. An idea off the ground out of your head into the real world and then you, you know, you were running with it and then even though it was successful, you kind of paused and reevaluated and decided to then kind of you know, pause that and then go a different direction. Can you share some advice for other founders when it comes to doing that type of a pivot? You know, a lot of folks who are on a path and are getting any kind of hint of success are kind of always doubling down on that. But you chose to kind of reevaluate at that point and and then chose a different path. Can you talk about that, how that decision was made and and how you kind of looked at the trade-offs of going a new way?
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, for, first, the first thing I would say that was effective for us, and, you know, obviously we're still kind of early on in our company. So hopefully, you know, the pivot pays off and, and, and we end up making a really good impact in the epilepsy space and the the health tech and neurological disease space in general. But uh, the, the thing that really made things clear for us was talking to individual our 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 customers talking to individuals and families with epilepsy um you know going to getting getting as this like getting out of the building whether that's virtually um you know reaching out to people everyone that would email us with an issue we would ask to um you know chat with them about their experience using the the application um we would do a lot of customer discovery even after our product was live Um, and we would we also saw you know Um, for us, we kept a a good eye for software. What's something that's super important is retention. So we kept our, you know, our eye on the retention and we saw that that while the retention was okay and good, we felt that it could be better. So we felt like a a key piece of the, you know, understanding our customer was missing. So we made an active effort to get out there and and, and talk to everyone that we could. We went to epilepsy um, events um, here in Atlanta Um, and, and we just talked to families and individuals with epilepsy and it just, you know, uh, kind of became really clear, um, the approach that we needed to take. And, um, furthermore, what helped also solidify this, um, you know, pivot was being validated by the, not only just talking to the customers and, um, you know, coming up with, with the idea for, for taking this new direction on our own and then just going for it. But we were also validated by, um, you know, into some of the, our close um, testers previously, they really liked this, this idea. And also professional foundations like the Epilepsy Foundation, um, you know, awarded us on, like an innovation award this year for the idea behind this pivot. So all, all the validation that came from the customers, you know, really trying to discover the truth Um, about uh, individuals and families with epilepsy, becoming obsessed with that, um, you know, really shed a light on a lot of insights and and, and angles that we weren't, uh, didn't know before. And then the validation from the professional foundation um, just, you know, kind of uh, hammered it home that this is what we need to do. And uh, now we're pivoting and and we're all in on this new direction and and we'll see how it goes.
1: Now, can you talk a little bit about your... um experience with Main Street. How has that been? What uh, inspired you to apply for that? And what have you gotten out of it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, my, my involvement with Main Street actually started with my brother, who's my co-founder and uh, a student at GSU. And he became aware of the Main Street program. And it just seemed like a really good opportunity um, to, you know, mingle with other really great entrepreneurs and kind of at the same time that we applied for the Main Street program, was when we started to um, think of this pivot, and so kind of building from the ground up, um, we we got a lot of benefit from the mentors that were in the Main Street program. I think you know um, th- that was that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. What I was really impressed with the Main Street program is the quality um, of the mentors that are there. Um, uh, you know, from MK who's leading it and and his you know. Really no-nonsense, uh, straightforward advice um, that gets things moving quickly to David Eckhoff and other people that have come and talked at the Main Street program and closely worked with us. Um, you know, they're seasoned vets at entrepreneurship, and they take things from the, you know, bottom up. They, um, you know, they really lay down, I think, a solid groundwork for, for, for building um, a successful MVP in business. And when we were going through that pivot, um, customer discovery and uh, taking a new approach to, um, you know, building our MVP was really important. And those men, the mentors um, that are at the Main Street program really um, helped a lot in, in, you know, kind of helping us recognize what's necessary, what's unnecessary, um, mistakes in in uh, approaching customer discovery and making assumptions about your customer and really the truth behind your customer and moving fast as well um you know and keeping us on track uh and accountable to our goals so um yeah if i had to just say one huge thing about the main street program um highly recommend because of the quality of people that are is running it and are involved in in um you know mentoring the companies along Uh, they really care, um, about not only the success of the companies, but I feel like the growth of the entrepreneurs as well as on like to have the proper mindset to approaching, um, you know, identifying problems, solving problems and building businesses around that. Um, so I, I would say a lot of the seminars and and advice that we've gotten from the Main Street program is really invaluable, not only for the startup that we're currently doing, but for myself and my co-founder, my brother, as, um, you know, young individuals who, who want to be entrepreneurs long-term.
1: So what do you need more of? How can we help? Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, at this, at this point in time right now, we're kind of looking for, I mean, uh, where we're beta testing in the epilepsy um, space. So if there's families out there that are listening to this, perhaps that have epilepsy, um, please reach out. And uh, we would love to talk to you um, and, and, and have you, you know, onboard on the platform a little bit early. Um, you know, any feedback and advice that we can get from even ex- if you don't have epilepsy, but if you're, you know, an expert in UI or UX, you know, it'll, it'll really help the, the community as a whole going forward. Um, also, partnerships and, um, you know, investment. We're looking to raise money soon, probably in the next coming months. Um, we have some non-diluted funding and grants right now. Um, and, and so with that leverage, we think that raising around may be strategic soon. Um, And then partnerships as well. So other individuals that have run successful health tech companies, if they have advice, um, people that have been through the FDA regulatory process as well, um, or done work with pharmaceutical companies. um, Because at the end of the day, also uh, a lot of the data that we collect um, on our platform is um, really useful um, to clinical trials and the validation or efficacy of certain um, drugs for epilepsy because that's how epilepsy is managed So, um, yeah, partnerships in that in that regard, people that have have, are in the pharma space or have worked with pharma before gone through the FDA regulatory process. Um, You know, if they would reach out with their input, advice and guidance, that would be hugely helpful.
1: So if somebody wants to learn more, connect with you or somebody on the team, is there a website or a best way to get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website is still being updated, but there is a live website healthappytech just the name of the company um, com, and also uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you can connect with me directly, um, and my you know corporate email uh, as well is just my name at healthappytech Feel free to reach out.
1: Good stuff. Well, Amir, congratulations on all the success and the momentum. Um, you are doing important work, and we appreciate you.
0: Appreciate you, Lee. Thank you for having me on and uh, for for, uh, encouraging us along our, our journey as well.
1: All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on GSU ENI Radio.